0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Hey, if you have your Bibles turned to First Corinthians chapter thirteen? And um, today we're beginning a new series of studies. Um, that will establish, uh, we are hoping, three essential things that will kind of stabilize our lives in an increasingly unstable world. Would you agree that we're in an unstable world? Yes, we are. And um, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, and I'm just going to read it. It'll probably be up here on the board, but man, I'm hearing pages turn. That means Bibles are here. Yes, praise the Lord for that. Um, but it's right up here on the screen, and it says, Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now... As you can see, there's a little booklet right here. It's a kind of a, a study booklet that you can walk, follow along. It's got um, kind of some uh, scriptures that are highlighted. It's got the points in there. It's got some other things that you can kind of walk through. Also, you can write down. It's got like a little section for uh, notes and things like that. And so um, take advantage of this. Uh, take it home. Go through it because um, there are certain scriptures that I will not use. But if you've been around um, uh, LCF um, for quite some time, you, you might remember or recognize um, that uh, back in 2019, we actually did this study. Um, and uh, we felt the need because of, well, first, let me say this. It's not, we're not doing this study again because we didn't have enough material in the Bible to draw more messages from let me just put it that way, right? Okay. So I want you to at least be understand that. But we're presenting these three essential um, truths or, or things um, because we felt that we needed to bring them back to our congregation because a lot has happened and changed in the course of these three years, right? We've had a quarantine. We've had vaccines. We've had COVID. We've had social justice. We've had LGBTQ. We had CRT in schools you know, the critical race theory. Uh, we've got divided politics. We've got election controversies. And really, probably, I'm only naming a few there, right? Because there's so much more. Um, but all of them have had a huge impact on us personally. And I would even say in the big the big C, the big church. Not just, you know, our church, but big church as a whole. And, you know, then, because you could see... There are some churches, if you're looking at it through the scope, where they've allowed some, or, or they, they've kind of um, maybe, maybe gotten weaker in their stance for holiness. Weaker in their stance in saying, no, this is what God's word says, and that's what we live by. Now, I'm not trying to throw anybody under, churches under the bus or anything. I'm just saying as a whole, if you, if you really pay attention to the big C, There are some that you're like, where are you going with this? Because this does not line up to what God's word has to say. But then also along with that, man, now we got inflation, right? We've got wars. We got famines. We've got refugees all over the place. We've got, you know, supply chain problems. We got can't find baby formula. Like, when has that ever happened? But you got all these things that are happening, and it's growing kind of at this exponential pace. And Jesus said this, because Jesus kind of told us what was going to happen. He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 8, he says, But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Which means we're getting close to the end, people. We're getting close to the end. There's that scripture that says, you know, when those things start happening, man, look up, because your redemption draweth near Right, but a lot of times, sometimes we kind of we get kind of fearful, and we we allow ourselves to kind of get scared a little bit or or walk in anxiety. But but what's really great if you read that portion of scripture, there is a verse in there that Jesus kind of he didn't sneak it in, but he I I feel like kind of like maybe some people just don't catch it because you can read that portion, but he kind of puts this in right. He makes this proclamation in verse six of Matthew twenty four. He says, "See that you are not troubled." And he goes on to say all this stuff, right? Verse 8, but all this, only the first of the birth pains with more to come. But before that, he says, hey, guys, I want to let you in on a secret. Don't be fearful. Don't be troubled by it. Don't, Don't allow all of this stuff to come in and begin to mix your emotions and things like that to get you kind of off line. And so as believers we're not to be troubled in the midst of chaos. We really aren't, right? But that's a battle sometimes. That's a battle with our flesh. That's a battle with our emotions. That's a battle. But we're not supposed to be troubled because we, we, we know that we have this anchor who is Christ the Lord in our life, and we should be leaning, tied, tethered to it and saying, yeah, I know there's chaos all around, but you know what? That's not going to affect me. In this chaos, right, we can't forget that, hey, I got faith. I got faith in Christ. I got faith that, that, that moves me through situations that, man, can't be explained. I've got this eternal hope that, yeah, sure, this life has all got all kinds of stuff in it. But you know what? I've got an eternal hope that I am going somewhere that is going to be far greater. There's a far greater reward at the end of this journey than ever, ever before. And then realizing, too, that, you know, we can't be people in the chaos that forget that God loves you. God loves you. I mean, he's got this deep, deep love towards you, especially in times like these. We have to recognize that because as things begin to increase, we're going to have to push in more. We're going to have to focus more on the fact that what God has said and what God has promised And he said, I will take care of you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? I mean, we're used to that in our lives sometimes because we have people who leave us sometimes. Right? They walk out on us. They forsake us. Yeah, you know, the relationship is no longer there. But God guarantees it in his word. Man, I'm never going to walk away from you. Never. Never. And I'm going to help you through the chaos and through all the things, right? And, and, and during the course of all this, as, as all of this is unfolding, we said at the beginning of the year that, you know what, we are believing that this would be a breakthrough year. A breakthrough year for us as a church, but breakthrough year for you as a person. And sometimes, you know, we can look at that and think, well, I don't know. I'm Not sure I'm seeing it, Pastor Scott. But you know what? We are not giving up on that. We are not giving up on what God has said and what God has promised. We believe that God can do what only God can do in your life. Only God can do what God can do in, our, in, in the church's life. And so we're not back, backing down because we're anchoring ourselves to God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Two primary things in our life. We're, because if we don't, then what happens is we start drifting. How many of you have ever been to the beach before? Right? Okay, you ever been to the beach and you go out in the water, but yeah, have you ever heard of a thing called a riptide or rip current? I guess that's what they call it, but I grew up in California, we called it riptide, okay? But have you ever, have you ever experienced a riptide? Okay, when you look out in the water, you're not necessarily seeing a riptide, are you? No, but once you get in the water and you're kind of in there, what happens to the riptide? It starts taking you away from the center, Right? And so what happens is the same principles. If we get away from God's word and we get away from the leading of the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is, man, there's this current of the the culture that begins to pull us away from what God says, from what God's promising. And so we have to understand that 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 current is pulling hard on us. But see, we cannot give up. We can't. We can't allow it to, to, to move us away from where we started. I, you know, there's times when, man, you get taken way, way far away, don't you? If you're not paying attention. And then you get out of the water and you're like, hey, where, where am I at? And then you got to walk all the way back down the beach. And it's like, oh, so frustrating. Anyways, but this is what Paul warned, okay? I, want you to, I, want you, I just want to cover this real quick. First Timothy chapter 4, I know you guys went to First Corinthians. If you want to go to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, you can. But this is what, he, what, what Paul says, because he's warning of this thing, that you can get caught in the culture riptide, and next thing you know, you're shifting yourself into a different direction. It says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some, not just a few, okay, will turn away. Now, think about this, the riptide, slowly slipping, inch by inch, because they're not anchored to what God's Word says. They're not anchored to what the Holy Spirit's speaking to them about. It says, we'll turn away from the true faith, okay, what they once believed, because they're allowing secularism, and they're allowing the culture to get in there and start to just kind of fudge the lines. You know, the lines start to get erased a little bit, you know, like on a batter's box, right? You know, batters get in there, you know, and they're doing this or whatever, and they're kind of trying to muddy the, the chalk line so that they can maybe even get a little farther back in the things and see the ball more, and they kind of blur it. Well, that's what the culture is trying to do in our, our Christian life, and sometimes we allow it. We just think, oh, well, you know, that, that's what everyone's doing. It's okay. When really, when you line it up to God's Word, it's like, no, that's not okay. That's not happening. But it says that they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Okay? Basically, that just means that it's aimed at replacing God's truth with cultural ideology. Is there cultural ideology going on in our society these this day? Absolutely. And like I said, we see this in the, in, the, in the big church, in the big sea. So it's imperative for us to keep this spiritual truth in front of us and to keep growing in it. And I think when we, we keep it in, in the forefront of our mind, in the forefront of our attention, then, man, we will not be troubled. We will not have this anxiety. We will not have this stress. We will not have these fears that are going on. And so by going over these three elements, we are, 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 are prescribing to what Peter said, okay? Now, Because some, some might think, well, man, I didn't hear this message, so I'm good. It's all good. Some might say, well, well I heard that. But, but this is what Peter said. And man, it's, it's just so, so amazing. This is in, in the New Living Translation, Peter says it, So he kind of leads it up, 5 through 11. He's talking about, you know, doctrinal things and things like that. But then he goes, hey, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Right? So you could say, ah, oh, so love, man. I know so much about God. Yeah, God loves me. Right? I, I know God loves me. But Peter Says, hey guys, it's important that you go over these things, right? That you're taught these things. So I know that you know them. He says, verse 13, and it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. Man. So you know what, sometimes we, get, we can get so kind of locked in um, you know, to think, oh, well, I already know this already. But see, Peter's saying, no, 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 no. There are times that you're gonna have to be remembered. You're gonna have to be reminded of those things. You're gonna have to sit down and sometimes even chew on God's word a little bit to get a deeper understanding. Because you know, the Bible talks about how you only see in part. You only see in pieces of God's word. But see, the more that you get into God's word, the more the Holy Spirit can reveal God's word to you. Ain't that good? But see, we miss that element because sometimes we think, well, man, this is so hard to read. It's not that hard. You just got to approach it in a way that says, Holy Spirit, I might not understand all of this, but help me. And 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 he's so gracious. Oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is so gracious. He's like, yes, yes. I, I will make sure that I help you. But see, Peter says, you know what? It's important to go over the basics again and again. And we understand this, I think, practically. Because you know what? Any team that is practicing, they, they, they go over, right, the, the, the fundamentals over and over again. Why? So that they're ready, right? So the whole goal is to win a, a chip, right? A championship. That's the, that's the cool word, chip. Going after a chip right? But the whole premise is, is that oh, we want the victory. We want to get the championship. So what do you have to do? You have to do the basic things to get you there. You got to go over those fundamentals, over those fundamentals, over those fundamentals, right? And it's the same principle for us. We should not get tired of hearing the fundamentals of God's word. We shouldn't put it aside and say, man, I've heard this a thousand times. Man, you you, you can't can't tell me anything else I know. Well, the Holy Spirit can speak to you much more clearly than I can. And I might say something where all of a sudden the Holy Spirit clicks. Hey, pay attention. I want to talk to you about something. So we have to understand that we've just got to set our heart right. And like I said, if, if, if you haven't heard these messages, then, man, dive in deeper. If you've already heard them, dive in deeper because it's essential for us to do this. So let me get to the title, okay? This first section of these three essential things is love. So the title of my message today is So Loved, and I really wanted to put a bunch of zeros. I mean, a bunch of O's on that. So it's so loved, right? Because so loved just sounds, eh. But really, God, so... I mean, you can just stretch it out for eternity. Loved. So let me pray really, really quick. Holy Spirit, help us to know that we are so loved. Amen. Now, love is something we all want, wouldn't you say? We all want love. We all desire it. We all need it. Because truthfully, it's a good thing, wouldn't you say? Love is a good thing. And it's something we have all received at some level, right? Whether, you know, the level is, is true and genuine, or maybe even if it's, it's forced, that could happen, right? But we all desire to be loved by people, by um, our parents, by our dogs and cats, right? I know people who love their animal. We got an animal. I, we're, you know, we're still debating our, our, our love for him. But, but, but he's a good dog. He really is. But man, there's some, I don't, I don't know if I can completely say, oh my gosh. You know, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds so bad. But, but he, he is a really good dog. And I do, I, yes, I, I, I do like Obi. Okay. I, I love Ob. whatever. Okay, now I'm never going to hear the end of it from my kids because they're going to be like, yeah, you finally said it, Dad. Right? But we all, we all want to be loved, right? By our husbands, by our wives, our significant others. We, we, we just want it because we all just think, man, that, that's it. But the main thing that we really need to understand is that you are loved by God. You are loved by God. You are... Get this. You are God's obsession. You are. You are God's obsession. He, you know what? You are the thing, if, if, he, if he slept, you are the thing that God wakes up to in the morning and thinks about, right? God, God he thinks about you all day. He thinks about you all night. He, he loves you. He loves every hair on, on your head, Right? He he loves you in every situation you're in right now. He is. He loves you. He loves you in every pain you're dealing with, with every adversity that keeps coming up in your life, or even every pain in the past. God loves you. Right? And he's so obsessed with this love that he designed a way for you to live in eternity with him. That was on his heart. John 3, 16. Right? We've all heard this. But it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and who shall ever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So, right there, you can say, Wow, I am so loved. I am so loved because it says, God, so loved. that's not a normal love, right? Because I can say, I love ice cream. I love, you know, carrot cake. I think I told you guys that a couple weeks ago. I love it. You know, I remember as kids, I love that. Oh, well, why don't you marry it? Right? <laughs> remember that? I mean, I remember that. I'm old. But, you know, but so you could say that, but see, there's, this is a different kind of love, right? And, and we need to know this love that it's, we just don't need to know it in theory, right? Because we've heard it so many times. You've heard that scripture so many times, God so loves the world, you know, and, and we can just get it to a point where we're like, yeah, I know God loves me, but see, there's something about knowing it deeper inside of your heart and deeper inside of your spirit that, that explodes in you that causes your relationship to grow deeper and deeper with him. See, when we, when we begin to understand that, we begin to, to know that, man, you know what? Uh, man, how, we just know how far that love will go for us. How, how, how much he wants to care for us and protect us and provide for us, even bestowing favor on us that we don't even deserve, But see, it's because he loves that, and it creates a foundation, right? When we understand the love of God in our life and allow it to grow, it creates a foundation of confidence and trust that overcomes fear, overcomes anxiety, overcomes any confusion in your life today. When we truly, deeply understand that he loves you, especially... In, in, time, in the time that you live in right now. He loves you. He does. First John chapter 4, uh, verses 15 and 16, then we'll jump to 18, says this. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. Man, you could just stop right there. Man, if you've declared Jesus as, as Lord of your life, God lives in you. Think about that. The creator of the heavens and earth, the creator of you lives in you. And they live in God. Are you living in them? Are you living on the outskirts of them? This says that if we got a God living in us man, we, we, we need to be living in God, right? Verse 16, we know How much God loves us. Now that word know is basically kind of the same word. It's an intimate word. Kind of like a husband and wife relationship. Where where you know one another intimately. This union. Okay? It says we know, if we're believers, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And then verse 18. Such love has what? No fear. Can you imagine that? Man, we know that love so deep inside of us that, man, the creator of the heavens and earth loves me so deeply. I don't need to fear. I don't need to fear about inflation. I don't need to fear about um, supply or wars going on or things that are happening. I can walk free and say, man, you know, out of all that stuff, chaos, craziness, I know this for a fact, that God loves me And he wants to take care of me, and he wants to be there for me, and he never leave me nor forsake me. But he's right, right there. So such love has no fear because perfect love, okay, that's mature understanding of love, expels all fear. So if you want the ingredient or the, the main thing in order to help you overcome fear in your life, dig into his love because the Bible said it, not I right? It says, perfect love, this mature understanding of his love, expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment, not this. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So sometimes we get afraid thinking, man, oh man, I've blown it so many times. And man, God's going to just punish me with the lightning bolt, or he's going to punish me in this way, or he's going to do something to my family or whatever. See, we're not even have, we have no concept then about what the deepness of God's love is for you, because he's not a God that wants to punish you, right? He's not, he's not out looking, thinking, oh, how can I punish Pastor Scott today? He got mad at that driver and (laughs) some thoughts came into his head and he was not kind, right? How can I, oh, I'm going to give him a flat tire. No, he's not thinking that. He's thinking, man, that's guy. you better than that. You could you rise up, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay? But see, when we understand that perfect love, man, we can walk, we can think secure. Man, wouldn't it be nice to think secure? Because the enemy comes in, and he wants to bring all kinds of confusion and all kinds of fear and anxiety. But man, when we know God loves me, man, we can begin to think secure. We can walk in peace no matter what we're encountering, what we're facing, because it's, we know that God loves us. And he puts a very high priority on that. And when he does that, then you know what? It enables us to walk in confidence regarding our faith and our confidence and in in regarding our hope in this life. So do me a favor. Turn to someone and say, you are so loved. Okay, Then I want you to say it back to me. Go. You are so loved. Hey, awesome, man. We got a little bit of of, uh, life going on in here. Well, sometimes it's like, you are so loved. It's like, come on, man. You guys can get a little bit more rowdy, right? Like, you know, it kind got to be like a pep rally or something, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So let me give you three truths to strengthen your reality that God loves you. First one, you are so loved by God. You are so loved by God. John 3.16, again, says, for God so loved the world. Now, love is the Greek word um, agapo, agapio, which is from the root word agape. You know how I always get those words, you know, just kind of tangled up, I don't know what it is. See, so I took a Spanish class in high school, and I was so bad at being able to articulate the thing, um, the teacher came and said, hey, I think it would be good for you to get out of this class. Um, so, I, I, so it kind of carried it along with me, right? So then I got to, to uh, junior college because I didn't want to be in ministry, so I went to junior college first and, and decided to take um, uh, cooking classes because I wanted to be a chef, and that kind of just didn't seem to work real well because God was pulling on my heart this way, and it just didn't seem to work. So I took a Spanish class again in junior college, and I think this guy just felt bad for me, like really bad. And so I think I deserved probably a D, but he gave me a C. Because I still had a hard time. So whenever I get to a Greek word, sometimes I'll just bypass the Greek word or I'll give it a, a good college try. But, but stick with me, okay? Because one of these days, I'm going to start knocking it out and you're going to be like, whoa, Pastor Scott, you really grown in your ability to articulate that. Anyways, I'm so off topic. But it's the, from the Greek word agape, okay? That's an easy one, okay? And agape speaks of an unquenchable love, a passionate, a passionate affection for, A love that produces a constant willingness to do whatever it takes to ensure the highest good of another person, no matter what they have done or have ever done or will ever do. And here's the thing about it. It won't ask for anything in return. Agape, right? One scholar refers to it as the highest level love stating that there is no higher or finer or more excellent form of love. Agape is an unconditional love by choice. It's an act of, of the will that has, listen, nothing to do with feelings or emotions, okay? God's love for you has nothing to do with his feelings or emotions during the day. Like sometimes we, we put it together, Right? Because I love my wife, but if I'm grouchy and in a bad mood, right? Sometimes I, I don't maybe display that in my attitude or the words that I say. Now you're all looking at me like, Pesca, you're such a jerk, <laughs> right? No, I'm not, but you get it, right? Depending upon your mood. Sometimes you snap right back, and they're like, whoa, right? <laughs> whoa, wait, wait, what's this all about? But it's because... I'm, 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 maybe in the, in the emotional moment of something, but see, with God, there's no emotional moment. God is, is steady Eddie, and He's not looking and thinking, man. Oh, I'm so frustrated and mad with you right now. I can't even. And he's walking in the throne room. I'm just so mad. Can you? Can you? Can you? And the angels are like, no, God's not that way. Right? He's not. He's your biggest cheerleader. He's the one standing there, and he's like not going based on emotions or feelings or anything like that. He just knows he loves you, and he's pulling for you all of the time. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, okay, well, then that must mean that it's possible to love someone even if you're angry at them, right? Even if you're frustrated or disappointed or take it a step further, you don't like them. But if I am showing the love of God, right, I can still love that person and they don't have, there's no reciprocation whatsoever, that's fine. It's all right because I'm walking in this. So it's important for us to understand God's agape love for you and I, really, it undergirds our whole Christian life. What a support system that you can walk in every single day knowing, man, God loves me. God's got my back. He said, man, he he even gave his son for me. If you were the only person to believe that Jesus was the son of God and died on the cross and rose again, and you were the only one to be saved, God still would have done it. Because he loves you. He loves you. I, you know, I, I think about how, you know, God looked at the human race and, and probably, you know, when he created Adam and Eve and just stood there kind of in awe of mankind. You know, and he had this deep, passionate, passionate affection for man. Because, you know, you talk about it right there in, in Genesis, it says he was created in God's what? Image. I mean, Wow. That's amazing. And then also it it says that, you know what? He breathed his breath into mankind. That that to me just speaks so much. But then as he's looking at mankind, he recognizes and realizes that, you know what? They're going to be held captive to sin. They're going to be held captive in the mire of this muck. And what happens with that? It only leads to death, right? Bible talks about that, man. When we're just living in sin, that man it leads to death. And I'm sure he looked at man and, and women and, and, and thought, "Oh my gosh, my heart is broken. I desire this relationship. I re- desire this, this fellowship with with my creation." right? So he developed a strategy. He developed a plan, right? Even though we don't deserve it, he gave us Jesus. God's love drove him to action. And this is why his love is so profound. His his love has no limits. It has no boundaries. And how far, wide, deep, right? It goes, he just wants to show passion and affection towards you all the time. But sometimes it's whether or not, man, we really, really want to receive it. Because it's a choice. This is, this is what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. See, we, we, we just got to grab this, right? He said, So now, this is in the Passion Translation, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Nothing. But, but, but see what he says here. So now I live with the confidence. See, you and I have to be able to be able to say that too. Do you live with the confidence to be able to say, man, I know that there is nothing in this universe No power whatsoever, even if the enemy is trying to come at you in all kinds of ways. Can we say with confidence, God loves me. God is for me and not against me. God will raise up a standard when it needs to happen. But then he goes on and says, I am convinced that his love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. I take that for today, right? There is nothing in our present, that means right now, right? Or future, what's coming? Circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance or separate us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Right? So God loves you 24-7, 365. But we got to let that be deeply rooted in us. Just like Paul said, I now live with confidence. So, so I, I, I challenge you, if you're not living in the confidence that God loves you and that God's going to take care of you throughout every situation that you're facing right now in the present or right now in the future or in the future, then I challenge you, dive deeper into finding out about this love that he has for you. Because really, I think about it, love is a foundation to, an ar- to our arsenal, right? God, God said that he's given us spiritual weapons, that we have, uh, you know, the armor of God. We've got other spiritual weapons. But if we don't understand that he loves us, man, yeah, we, we know they're there. But will we really pick them up? Because, man, if, you know, sometimes I hear this. Well, don't push the devil's buttons. Because you, you don't want him to be messing with you, Pastor Scott. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I want to press the, the devil's buttons. Because, you know what, I, I, I can't allow him to, to try to take over or, or to consume my life in such a way that I'm not living in this relationship with the Lord. So I've got to press his buttons. But, see, part of it, the foundational piece is that, first off, I know God loves me. Right? And if God loves me, then you know what? I can pick up the sword of the Spirit. I can pick up the helmet of salvation. Yeah, am I perfect? No. But I can pick up all of this armor and use it because I know he loves me. He's, he's, he's got the best in mind for me. And then Paul prays this in Ephesians chapter 3. He says that Christ may dwell... Okay, now think about that. That's opposite of visit. See, sometimes we just come visit Jesus. Or we just come and visit God. But Paul, Paul's saying here that Christ may dwell, like he's living there, he's residing there. It says, in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded, you say, hey, you've already been rooted and grounded in what? love, right? And love, a agape love. So that rooted in grounded means, man, it's sunk deeply, deeply in there. Verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, okay? So this is for everybody, not just for certain people or Pastor Scott, but this is for everybody that we can comprehend his love. What is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So we've got to dwell in this realization, this revelation that his love towards us has no limits or no boundaries, right? We we get this as like fathers and moms, right? Like we tell our children or, or, or our child, you know, I love you this much. For all my Marvel fans, I love you 3,000, right? But I love you this much. You ever done that to your kids? And then your kids respond, I love you this much too, daddy or mommy. But then you think about it. God did the exact same thing to us when his son hung on the cross with his arms wide open and said, hey, Scott, I love you this much. Where I've got to return that. I've got to be able to return that back and say, man, with my hands raised, I love you too. I love you this much to give my life and surrender to you. It's just so imperative that we understand. He loves, 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 loves you with this unconditional love. And you might think, well, I don't understand it. Why, why would he love me? I got faults. I've got baggage. I got areas that I maybe have messed up in. You know, I'm, I'm a train wreck, Pastor Scott, or, or whatever it is. But he loves you. He just does. Which leads us to our second, second point, okay? He loves you because, two, number two, you are his masterpiece, You are his masterpiece. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our what? Likeness. So God created man in his own image. So we are the work of God's hand, his masterpiece created in his image, his likeness. It's a picture, and you might say, "Well, what?" But but it's this kind of picture of God getting down in the mud and sculpting mankind. He got his hands dirty to sculpt mankind. But that's why He loves us because He was intricately involved in the design of man, in the design of mankind. And and I you know I and I I really believe this. But whether you're a follower of Jesus, or whether you are or you're not <laughs> you're still a masterpiece, because God had a hand in creating you. You're still a masterpiece. Maybe, maybe that masterpiece hasn't fully been unveiled yet to you. But see, He looks at every, and that's, that's why He has a heart for every individual. Right? That's why he sends us out. Go make disciples. Get people saved. Because he sees every individual as created by his own hand. So when we get mad and frustrated with someone, realize, hey, they're God's masterpiece. I can't be upset. I can't be mad. Yeah, maybe I want to, you know, but man, inside of me, I've got to allow the spirit of God to swell up inside of me and say, no, man, I see you as God sees you. I see you as, as, as God sees you. But see, when we allow ourselves to step into this relationship with Jesus and, and, and receive this transforming love, then you know what? It kind of gets us in, in going in the right direction. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, "For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should, what? Walk in them. Workmanship is the Greek word pomea, which describes something artfully and skillfully created by an artisan or master craftsman. We are God's poem, right? When we look at each other, we need to look at each other and go, man, you're God's poem. You're God's masterpiece, Right, he he shapes and forms us out of uh, whatever, like a sculpture working clay. Ever seen that before? The clay looks like nothing. It's this is big blob. Put it on the wheel and they start shaping it and molding it or whatever. But but see that that that's what God was doing. So that means that you're not a cheap replica of something that just come off the assembly line. We're not. Each one of you did not come off an assembly line where God said, hey, guys, turn the flip on, mass produce. Right? Remember, what, what was that? Um, um, uh, Santa Claus 2 or 3 or something when they produced the, um, the marching um, whatever because the guy wanted more army men or something like that. It just totally, I, I don't know why that came to me. But, 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 but you're not that. You're, you're, you're not that at all. You are very original. You are an original piece of work, right? (laughs) Some people might say, yeah, yeah, that guy is a piece of work. I didn't mean it that way. You know what I mean. But you are an original, one of a kind, expertly designed individual that has been uniquely fashioned to fulfill God's plan for your life, according to that scripture, according to that scripture that we just read. There is a unique plan that God has for each one of our lives, right? But see, God was involved in the design. I mean, and we kind of get that in a sense where, you know, as parents, you know, we, we have this deep connection with our kids because we created them, right? We were part of that process of creation. And so we have this very deep, deep connection with them. And, and you know, when, when, and we call that love, right? We call that love. And that love is so deep and so real that when someone doesn't demonstrate that, we instinctively think, hey, what's wrong? What's up with that? Oh, yeah? You know? But it's, it's the same way God feels. God has this, this love and connection with his creation that is much greater than what we can ever phantom as parents with our own kids. But it's because he was intricately um, involved in our design and think about this, and we'll read a scripture in a minute, but he he weaved, right, the soul and the spirit together in the womb. God did that. He weaved them together in order to fit his predestined plan and purpose for each of us. So your existence isn't by chance. It wasn't just, hey, let's roll the dice. Hey, hey, Gabriel, come over here. Let's roll the dice and see what we can come up with in order to have this happen. No, he, knew, he knows each of you by name, but it's not by chance. Psalms 139, 13 through 16 says, "'For you formed my inward parts. "'You covered,' right, or you weaved knit me together. "'You covered me in my mother's womb. "'I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made.'" Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest, uh, lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, and they, are, they, are, wait minute, they, are, were, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. Wow, think about that. The very thought that God skillfully made each of us as his creative expression, as a masterpiece of his own hands, and he ordained the days of your life. To me, that is so amazing. And we've got to lock into that because sometimes our mind will travel and our mind will begin to think, well, yeah, but wait a minute, man, I'm not so innocent anymore. I'm not like a little baby. Everybody loves babies, you know, but I'm not innocent anymore. I've got mistakes. I've got real issues. I've got baggage. I've got all of this stuff. But see, the, the great thing about it is God knows that. God knows all your stuff. We don't know it. Praise God. But God knows it. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. I still love you. I'm still willing to do whatever it takes to show you my love, whatever that is, because he so loves you. Which leads us to our third point. God demonstrated his love through Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. God demonstrated his love through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates, right, or reproved, his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we loved and came to him, he loved us first. Wow. Oh, think about that, right? I mean, that, that is amazing. But see, that illustrates God's unconditional love for each of us and this action that he took by giving his, his only begotten son as a sacrifice to reconcile mankind back to him, right? And that, 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 that act of love, that action of love, is for every undeserving person, which includes us, because we really don't deserve it. But yet, he came. Think, think, of, think of this, because sometimes we, we kind of get, get a little um, picture, sometimes it's better. See, we have to understand that we are extremely valued, right? Let me kind of give you this in an illustration. Um, The value of a hundred bill, a hundred dollar bill, right? A new crisp hundred dollar bill is still a hundred dollars, right? Is that correct? Yeah. The value of a crumpled hundred dollar bill is still a hundred dollar bill. Is that correct? Okay. You're tracking with me. A value of a stomped on $100 bill, the value is still a hundred dollars. The value of a maybe rubbed in the mud and soaked in the mud. $100 bill. Is it still $100? The value of it? Yeah. The value of a $100 bill hidden in a bag and thrown away. Is it still valued at $100? Absolutely. Why? Because the value never changed. The value never changes the way, who you are. You are valued by God. So it doesn't matter if you fit any of those examples. Yeah, Pastor Scott, I'm the guy in the mud. Sometimes I'm in the muck. Your value hasn't changed. Yeah, but I've never given my life to Christ before. Yeah, but your value has never changed to God. You're still valuable. You're still worth all of it. Does that make sense? They give you a deeper understanding, I mean, you could be be all crumpled up and just a mess and a train wreck and just, you know, you're riding the crazy train and all that kind of stuff going on and it's just a total nightmare. But But your value to God has never, ever changed. Never. Your value changed in who you are, but it's never changed to God. It has never changed to God. You are still valuable. So then, okay, Pastor Scott, I appreciate that. Thank you. But then um, how then do I, I get to that, to where I believe that, it's in my, that it really begins to be ignited into my heart? Well, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is, is, is vital to this, right? Let me, let me give, you, give you a couple uh, of scriptures that kind of go along with that. But see, the Holy Spirit can open the eyes of your understanding, but you got to allow him to work in your heart. you got to allow him to do that. And to see this, this whole, whole relationship thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12 says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, if we're a believer, we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit, that we might know. Are you kidding me? You mean the Holy Spirit wants us to know? Shake your head. Yes, he wants you to know. He, 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 he's, he's like, hey, you know what? Psst, I got the cheat sheet. I got the answers, bro. Talk to me. But see, a lot of times we, 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 we don't. Right? And you can look in God's word and see, oh, that's what it means? That's what you want? That's, that's your heart for me, God? But see, we don't open the book sometimes. But it says that we might know the, the, the things, right, or the wonderful things that have been freely given to us. What's been given? Love has been given to us. Grace has been given to us. It says to us by God. And then in John 16, 8 says, and when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of three things, okay? Sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, that word convict in the Greek mean is a legal term meaning to cross-examine a person until they cannot deny the facts and is now convinced of the truth. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to you Constantly trying to get you to understand and, and, and let you know what the truth is to the point where all of a sudden you decide that's truth. That's, re- that's it. So the Holy Spirit will work in your life and work in your heart if you allow Him to, to let you grow deeper and deeper in God's love for you. But see, it's a foundational piece, it's not just theory. Right? Yeah, I know God loves me. No, 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 no. God wants it so much deeper inside of you that, man, you can walk into any situation, anything at all, and you're just like, yeah, I know my daddy's going to take care of me because he loves me. He, 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 he loves me. Right? And then John explains it a little bit further. In verse 9, he says, um, that, you know, it says that, and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me. Okay, Of righteousness. That's Now, once you believe in Jesus, you need to believe that, that the Bible, what the Bible says is true about you. Okay? So he says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. So the, the Holy Spirit is convicting people. Right? But they're not listening oftentimes. They don't know him. Or even sometimes, even us, who've got some sin in our life. Right? The Bible talks about the little foxes spoil the vine. What does that mean? It's those little tiny things that get into our life that are sinful. That's what it can mean, that it's sinful, and it's, 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 it's causing you not to have the, the connection that you're supposed to have with God. Okay, So the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I need you to change this. I need you to look at this. I need you to analyze. I, I need repentance here. I need you to change the direction you're going in. And instead of righteousness, you know, sometimes I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind me I'm, that I'm righteous, that I'm in God, right? Because righteousness means in right standing with God to make it very basic. That's so much more to it. But that, that's a great children's ministry definition, I'm in right standing with God. What if we allowed the Holy Spirit to remind us of that? Instead of the enemy always telling you, yeah, see, you're so far off. <laughs> you're so, forget it. You're a train wreck. You're messed up. Yeah, but I went and asked the Lord for forgiveness, and he said he would forgive me of my sin. So therefore, now I'm righteous again. I'm in right standing with God. But the Holy Spirit can convict, convict you of that, right? It says, It um, It says, because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And because of what Jesus did for you, man, he's he's rendered the enemy defeated, right? He he is preventing, he's able to prevent you from receiving anything from the enemy. But see, it's about that, that relationship level that we walk in. And see, God wants you to have all that he's promised to you. Oh, where do you find the promise? In God's word. So let's wrap this up real quick. God loves you. Wait a minute. God so loves you because you are his masterpiece. I don't care what your past is. I don't care where you're at right now, I don't care. God doesn't care. You are his masterpiece because he had a hand in creating you. And so he looks on you and goes, man, you're my masterpiece, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to buy that masterpiece back, right? We've all seen those movies where it's like, hey, they stole a painting in the art gallery, right? And they're like, oh, we're holding it for ransom. Give me $3 million, you ever seen those movies? Because some of you look at me like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Right? And the enemy, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, basically stole the masterpiece. But see, God had a plan and Jesus to buy back the masterpiece that every single person in the entire world that's ever been created, to buy them back. And it's up to us whether or not we receive to step into that, right? He paid the ransom. He paid it in full. But see, each one of us is this beautiful masterpiece, this beautiful masterpiece, even if you don't feel like you're beautiful, right? Like my nose is out of alignment or, you know, Whatever. See, when God, God looks at you, he's like, man, you're, you're my masterpiece. You, you are so beautiful to me. I will do anything to show my love towards you, anything at all. But see, we, we've got to understand that and, and, and really work. go through this workbook. That's why it's here. It's to help you look at these scriptures. It's to help you to kind of get a better understanding. And ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to know. Remember we said he wants you to know. Help me to mow the, the, how wide and how deep and how, how the breadth and width of, of God's love for me because that's a foundational piece. It's not just theory. It's something that's so deep in God's heart that he wants us to know to walk in because then all the other stuff just becomes stuff because you know what? We're loved by the creator of the universe. And to me, that, that's pretty Awesome. That means I'm pretty special, even though I'm not. You know what I get. It. You know what I mean, right? I don't want you to think, oh, yeah, Pastor God thinks so special. But I'm special. You're special. That means we're God's chosen people, right? So good. Bow your heads. We got, we got to close this side down. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for your presence here today. We're so grateful for you speaking to us about God's love for us. And Lord, wherever we are deficient, wherever maybe that, that this message has hit home or has stirred something within us or, or maybe even in the situations that we're in right now where we feel like maybe you're so far and so distant from us, Father, I thank you that, that your love will begin to supersede any expectations that we have. Because you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And so, Lord, reveal this, this, this unconditional, deep obsession that you have with us so that we can walk as, as these beautiful masterpieces doing exactly what you've designed us to do, whatever that is. But we're so grateful for who you are in our lives today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. The past is gone. We're going to push the past in the back. And I thank you that each and every day your love is deepened inside of us and we get a deeper revelation of that so that we can walk in this foundational thing that becomes a piece of our arsenal. To know that, hey, you know what? As a loved child of God, I've got all of God behind me. He's got my back in every situation that I face. And so I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts today. Lord, I pray a blessing upon their, their weak. I pray that, Lord, they would they would just continue to know that your presence is with them. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.